This is the Grouse House Podcast. Welcome to the footy with Broad and Kelly for one of our Wednesday chats. This one is a treat. I can, I'm so excited for this one. This person sent me a DM abusing me. He is from WA. He sent me vicious abuse because I mispronounced the WA Derby or Derby. I'm not sure. Um, but I've promised to never mispronounce a word again. No names, nothing. Please welcome Adam Papalia. <laughs> Adam Papalia, thank you so much for coming on. I was about, I was about to hang up, bro. I was about to hang up when you when you got my name wrong as well. Uh, no, I, I did send you a message because it's something that if you really want to stir a person from Western Australia up, <laughs> when you're talking about the clash between West Coast and Fremantle and you say Derby, mm-hmm. it just it grinds everybody's gears over here. Which one is it? Sorry. <laughs> what is it? It's Derby, right? <laughs> it's Derby. It's Derby. And who does a Derby? Someone does a Derby. Well, you have like a Derby in horse racing, right? Okay, right. So right. the Victoria Derby, which I think is why it gets a little bit mixed up. Right. But, uh, yeah, we call it a derby over here. We've got a town up in the very north of the state called Derby. Oh, so that's why it goes. It's in honour of but them. Apparently, I think I read an article a couple of years ago from, um, I think Max Lawton from Fox Footy yes. put it together. Uh, and he actually delved back into like ancient times and said the proper pronunciation in proper English is Derby, not Derby. Yeah, well, see, Perth's right again, and they're always right. We respect <laughs> that. So we, you, there's the Derby, there's the Showdown, there's the uh, yes. Battle of the Bridge, even though that's unofficial. It's actually the – they call it a Derby now as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I think they do, yeah. Yeah, that's a terrible Typical name. Sydney. And um, yep. Queensland is the Q Clash, but our uh, a gentleman from our audience has been pushing the Pineapple Grapple. Mm, so if yes. you're in a, ever in a position to kind of bring up the Pineapple <laughs> Grapple, I think that would be really good. <laughs> I, especially after the Took Miller uh, incident. It is a grapple, wasn't with, it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dane Zorko, that, that <laughs> sort of typifies a pineapple grapple, I think. So <laughs> the real ball from, grabber. <laughs> from here on, it, it should be should be that. The Sunshine Stoush I quite like oh, as well. Oh, that is good. Oh, I haven't had that. that. I love that. Yeah. That's a bit classier. The Battle of the Bridge and the Q Clash, surely we can do a bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're a, you call football. Um, and yes. you are probably the closest I think we've gotten to what we talk about the most. So I have so many questions to ask you, Adam, because we spend we I don't know if you know this, but we put out to our fan base. Um, I said if I had endless money, I would hire a team of like champion data sized like stats team to go and create statistics for football callers. And one of our one of our fans, actually went and did it so we were marking by compliments for one team versus another we were doing like how often do the does the commentator elevate their voice what were mm. some of the other ones uh yeah just like straight up joking about how many teams. jokes yeah yeah and this this guy what was his name he's from canberra surprise surprise he he went through and did three or four games of this yeah and like marked what was some of the what was some of the things I think he was like saying stuff like Dermy clearly was trying to make the most jokes. Um, BT <laughs> was very biased to home teams, things like that. So does that when I when I when I say I'm coming for you, Adam? Does, <laughs> does that what, what what do you what, what do you think you would be guilty of or not guilty? But what would be your uh, characteristics? My characteristics are uh, probably a bit straighter than most, mm-hmm. to be honest, in terms of. 
my call. Uh, so I, I tend to try to put in like really subtle references that probably nobody will actually get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I kind of find it entertaining when someone does tweet me afterwards and say, hey, I picked up on that. What's yeah. your favourite one you've done that someone actually uh, picked up on? Uh, I got an Avengers reference in there once, which was pretty funny. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Uh, I, I said it was like really late in a game, I think between Brisbane and Adelaide. And I just said, we're in the end game now. Yeah, that okay. was right when the movies were out. I was like, easy, easy kill. Yeah. But, um, you yeah, know, not most, yeah, not yeah, everyone yeah. will get that. Just, and then a few people tweet me afterwards. Oh, funny. good. Yeah, there's a crossover of Marvel and footy dorks out there. Absolutely. <laughs> so when did you, what's your story? How did you become a, a caller? What, how, when, when did this start? Well, I, to be honest, I really, I didn't really enjoy footy at all. Didn't love sport. Um, I hated it really, really to start with. Yeah, just didn't love it at all. And then oh, a few years ago, maybe 2012, I was just like flicking through the TV and I was trying to find some old replays of Burjo's catchphrase or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And I just saw this guy on the TV doing a monologue from inside the change rooms um, back in 2012 and he just spoke about this team of unique individuals and the passion that <laughs> they have and um, the courage that you have to have to become a broadcaster and, and just inviting everybody along on the ride. And then once I heard that. that. That was the moment. That was the moment. That was the lightning bolt for me that I just wanted to get into it. So yeah, that, I, that, from there. that was future <laughs> That was future assistant Fremantle coach, Brett Kirk. That must, it was, yes. Wow. That's incredible. And, and it was just one of the great moments of TV and it inspired me to- uh, to get into it. You must be really uh, talented then because that just to see one weird video. That's that's incredible. Yeah, that was it. And I'm still aspiring to do that cross, but they don't put me on camera. So yeah, fair enough. That's pr- probably part of it. No, no, I, I loved, just loved the footy right from when I was growing up. Um, we used to go to games. I grew up in a country town in WA, about three hours south of Perth. So What's it called? We used to, uh, Bustleton is the place. I've heard, down I've in heard Bustleton. Is someone yeah, famous big, from Bustleton? Uh... Adam Jai Amos is from Bustleton. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Free right, metal. Yeah. Uh, no, well, Jai it's famous Amos. for the, mm. the big jetty. Yeah, that, uh, Amos, yeah, n- if just we're working on pronunciation. Amos. That's another one. Nev yep, Amos. Amos. <laughs> That's what they That's call right. him. Yes, correct. Nev Amos. <laughs> um, uh, he has been missing a little bit in recent weeks. So. Oh, he'll be right. He's he's my rising star, I think. I'm scared of him. I'm actually quite scared of him. <laughs> um, once are, are, They just need to chain him to a bench press across the preseason, yeah, I think, yeah, and yeah. once he bulks up a bit, he's going to be very scary. He does have a bit of the West-offs about him. Do you remember him from Port Adelaide, just like a yeah. skinny forward-looking dude? Um, <laughs> what, what's, what, uh, yeah, so you're in Bustleton and you love the footy. Yes, just love the footy. Uh, grew up, I've, I've got a, a three brothers, right? So we used to, I think my actual love of it came from, uh, we'd go to junior footy on a Saturday morning and because I've got three brothers, we'd literally play one after each other. So you're at there, right. you know, you're there for seven, eight hours. Uh, and I just go and sit in the car and listen to the footy on the radio, mm. and I just got an absolute love for it from there. And the um, just the the obviously the energy and um, just the way the broadcasters were able to bring it to you. And I'm sitting there watching junior footy, and I'm listening to a game at the MCG or whatever. It just for some reason struck a chord and yeah. captivated me. It's something I always wanted to do from a very young age. Oh, that's yeah, that's awesome. And so you, but you also now you do NBL. AFL and A-League as well. Do you do anything else? Yeah. Well, I've done a bit of those throughout the journey. So the sports media works a little bit strangely in that um, obviously broadcast rights change all the time. Sure. So you might be doing something for someone and then the rights change. So you don't do that anymore. But uh, mainly footy at the moment, uh, AFL, AFLW sort of my main two yep. uh, right now. And then, yeah, just doing some radio shows as well over this way. Yeah, and 6PR. 
Yes. Beautiful 6PR. Um, <laughs> we, we work with Marnie Vinyl, who's in with, uh, the, you know, his, she's uh, nine media through the age. So we're very well versed yep. on that whole organization. <laughs> and you also um, have a show called Footy Classified, which we love. Um, yes. We know when it's on. What I can't even imagine what time Footy Classified goes on in Perth. Like whatever, yeah, what hell that could it's, possibly be. <laughs> it's pretty late. <laughs> three a.m. Oh, they could put it on at three yeah. in the afternoon if they really wanted, wanted to, but yeah. they choose. The, I can't even imagine. How, what's the Did, difference when calling between like an NBL or an AFLW or an AFL game? What's the difference? Um, I think the biggest difference is mainly TV to radio. That's kind of the big mm. thing. So obviously in radio you're a lot more descriptive and, and have to really paint the picture of it a little bit more. Right. Whereas in TV I can kind of really strip it back and, and not sort of have to say as much. And um, and and from doing the A-League, I think that really helped me doing AFL commentary because in the A-League it's really quite a slow slower-paced game and you have to be um, comfortable enough to sort of let there be a bit of silence and just let the mm. crowd sort of wash over. So I try to try to bring that into AFL commentary a bit as well. I'm so fascinated about that. So is that, a, is that kind of – where does that kind of uh, mandate come from, the idea that football is more about just keeping up to date on things everyone's watching versus literally describing because – and has that ever changed or is that, a, is that a movement of callers or how has that come to be? Can you give me an example a bit more? What are you talking well, like, about? Cause, yeah, the, the Hamish McLaughlin who will go uh, Amos – to Pavlich, to this, as opposed to handballs to Pavlich, off, like the, the less detail that yeah. you're kind of talking about. Is that something yep. that a place like Fox or Seven is telling their commentators to do or is that just a style that people resonate more with? Yeah, it's just a style and it's kind of the the individual as well and the way they like to call. Um, mm. Obviously, everyone is different from TV to radio. So when you're calling on radio as opposed to TV, it's just an obvious one that you don't have to say, you know, exactly who's got the footy and yep. every time the ball changes, you know, name the team that's got it, which you do on radio, whereas on TV, you know, you can see which team's got it. Yeah, You don't have to be as descriptive. So it's more about trying in TV commentary in my <laughs> short time behind the wheel, uh, trying to, yeah, really um, let the experts, I think, in a lot of instances come through and, and really shine. And then just for me, it's about just trying to hit the right moments get yeah. the players right mm -hmm. ID wise and then um, yeah hit the right moments when there's a, a big mark or a big goal or something like that a lot of the um, commentary booths now are bringing in GoPros because everyone has everything now has to be cut up and shared on TikTok which we will never do <laughs> um, and uh, but so what's been fascinating fascinating for me to see across all these different stations is the hand signals and the tapping and the how much is how much of what are the things that people don't know about on the day that you're doing in that respect? Uh, it's not an exact science, really. Um, and the more you work with someone, the more you kind of know when they're going to take over or when you're going to jump in. Yep. <laughs> and then you don't even have to tap on the shoulder or anything like that because you just get into a rhythm. And when you stop <laughs> or when you go with a downward inflection on a sentence uh, and a half pause, you just know that they're going to jump in and keep going. Oh, cool. Um, so it's it's kind of determined a fair bit around what actually happens in the play. So usually after a behind, you'll change a couple of passages of play. If there's a few stoppages, you'll change um, very rarely. Sometimes you do, but if the ball doesn't go out for a long time, you'll you'll hand over, and that's when you'll probably give someone a tap yep. and say, yep, you go, and a um, bit of eye contact maybe. But, uh, yeah, it just depends. Uh, there's no exact science to it. Some, some callers love to call longer passages of play. Some love to do like really short, 
sharp bursts. Um, so you just sort of get into the uh, get into the rhythm of it with whoever you're calling with. That's who's your favourite to call with when you say you have like a good synchronicity or a, a bit of symbiosis with who who do you who do you think yeah. of? Um, in TV land, I, I do most of the games by myself, so it's not too difficult. There's not sort of too much of that. Um, and my sort of motto is like, while the ball's in play, I'll talk. And then once it goes out, people don't want to hear from me. So I'll just <laughs> shut up and let the experts come in and, you know, give their opinion on why things have happened. And, and I'll this just is describe what's happening. Predominantly for Perth games. Yeah. So on Optus Stadium. Yes. And yeah, so Pavlich yeah, will things, be there. Maybe. Yep. Uh, who else have we got there? Who's that? Who else? Uh, yeah. Will Schofield's down on the boundary. Yep. Yep. And then just with the way things work these days, we'll have some other people in the studio and, mm -hmm. um, you know, joining on the call there and we can see them. So it's fine. It all kind of links up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and in terms of radio, uh, yeah, I call a lot with Carl Langdon over here. Um, so he's, he's really good. He's been doing it for years. Only sort of done radio. So most people on the East Coast probably wouldn't have heard him call too much, but um, yeah, we've worked together a lot. So whenever we're calling together, you just kind of know when he's going to finish and when I'm going to go and, um, yeah, it just works well. Yeah, cool. I didn't put the I, – I may have – I should have warned you up on this, but what's the – do you have a favourite game you've ever called? Uh, favourite game I've ever called? Really any game that's close. Probably probably the 2018 grand final, mm -hmm. um, which did for radio because we were broadcasting back to Perth and oh, yeah. uh, Perth team won it. And it was just an epic game. Yeah. And, that, and that was why. Did it's not necessarily <laughs> that it was West Coast in it or West Coast winning. It was just an absolutely epic game with how tight it was, particularly through the second half. Oh, and totally. West Coast fighting back. It was just brilliant. I, I remember... Did you call the Dom Sheed goal, by the way? I, I didn't know. Oh. I'd handballed just before that passage of play. <laughs> who, who called it for uh, uh, Carl. Oh, Carl, Carl cool, cool. I must go yep. find that. Um, that was a really special game as well because I, I, I went to that game and it was the West Coast fans all made their way over and were really quiet and just very slowly started to build into that game. That must have been... Mm. How much preparation are you doing for a grand final? Like, are you... Are you sleeping the night before or do you feel pretty confident you've seen the teams all year? And Pretty confident. Um, a little bit less prep for radio as well, uh, even though I do a lot. It's mm. not quite as much as TV, again, because you don't have as much time during the broadcast to actually roll any of that stuff in. So you just wanted to make sure that you're prepared for any kind of scenarios that might pop up. You want to know, you know, how many premierships people have won before or grand finals mm -hmm. they've played in and sure. all that sort of stuff. And then you've got all the basic basic info um, that you've got there in terms of, you know, when they were drafted and how long they've been playing and yeah. all that sort of thing. Um, but for a grand final, no, nah, it's more about just, again, as I said, hitting those right moments and just sort of going with the flow once the ball's actually bounced. Um, but for TV, yeah, a fair bit more. Yeah, sick. Day to day, I'll spend spend a couple of days sort of getting ready for it and writing all my notes down and getting ready to go. You talked a little bit before about how the way calling is done today is people are in different places. Do you prefer calling games from the ground? And if if so, or like what is the difference between being online and or like being the team being in Melbourne or being in Perth and calling? How, how has that changed things? Uh Obviously, don't have to jump on as many planes <laughs> as yeah. before. So before COVID, I used to go and do quite a few games in Brisbane or Adelaide or wherever else, um, which was quite good. Uh, I've got a couple of young kids now, so it's kind of nice that right. <laughs> I'm not travelling quite as much. Yeah, uh, As good as getting away to a hotel for a, a weekend every now and then would be good um, <laughs> with a couple of kids uh, young. But um, in terms of calling, 
I, I, clearly you like to be at the the ground where you can, just because I think you get a good feel for the energy of the crowd at the same time. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't do your job any any less. Yeah. I don't think um, because you have got all the facilities that you need to be able to to be able to call it. So we do some games for radio off the TV. I haven't done too many for uh, for Fox off. Uh, the yep. TV because I'm always at the ground over here, um, but it's you know we can see the other guys, they can see us, we can make eye contact and chat to each other. So yeah, it's it all kind of works pretty seamlessly. Talking about the vibe at grounds in Perth, you're obviously going out of one of the state of the art stadiums in Australia now. But you did you ever do any over at old Subiaco Domain Stadium, yeah. wherever it was? How was oh yeah, how yep. was what's the difference <laughs> between the two of them? Uh <laughs> There's no comparison, really. <laughs> like Subi had a, a special place in everybody's heart, I think. Yep. But uh, it was terrible. <laughs> By the time they got to the end, it was just terrible. Um, like they still had wooden benches in some mm. parts of the crowd. Yeah, Jesus. like old school wooden benches, which they auctioned off when they got rid of it. <laughs> um, but it was just. I think because they knew that they were moving to the new stadium for like the last 15 years, they spent no money on it whatsoever. Mm. So it's kind of embarrassing by the time it got to the end because like you'd go to the game and people would come over from the east and you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is our stadium and there's, you know, carpet peeling up and stained and there's holes in the roof and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, but compared to Optus, have you guys been over? Yeah, I was going to say I, I was over there. I mentioned many times I was at the West Coast Melbourne prelim in 2018. <laughs> I was at that, that would have been fun. That was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> um, I flew in. I'm talking about flying. I flew in that morning and then flew out after the game. And it was. I think I took years off my life doing that. But <laughs> I would say easily the loudest crowd I've ever been a part of, because at I, I was. Uh, I think a year prior, I'd been at Richmond GWS for a prelim where it's ninety eight thousand five hundred going for Richmond mm. and fifteen hundred going for the Giants. And I thought that was incredible. But something about the way that that stadium's built, it's mm. – and the eagles were flying around in the stadium and <laughs> it was yeah. like 28 and sunny and beautiful. It was um, – that was quite an experience. How do you find it? I, I am still waiting for a child to be snatched by that eagle at some point <laughs> and just carried off into the distance. <laughs> for those that haven't seen it, there is literally a live eagle that – gets released before the game and flies around the stadium and lands in the middle. Um, Could get a game quite, at the moment. <laughs> quite insane. Um, yeah, actually would go all right, I reckon. Yeah. Um, good in the contest. Uh, I think uh, for, for those that haven't been to Optus, it's just unbelievable in the how new it is, the the technology that's there, the big screens, etc. It's just everything's just state of the art and, and has really kind of transformed how we consume sport over here. Like we've yeah. had... We never would have in the past got like a state of origin coming to to Optus. Um, Coldplay we wouldn't have had. Yeah, Coldplay coming. Um, Tottenham, you know, those big bands coming in. Tottenham have just been here. Chelsea have been here. Man, you have been here. Whereas we just never would have had that mm. before. Uh, and the viewing experience and uh, everything's just so much, so much better. It's great. If anyone gets the opportunity to uh, to venture out this way, it's well worth oh, it's it. Totally the best. And it's on the way into the city, mate. It's on the road from the airport. When mm. I when yeah. every time we come over, someone DMs us from Optus team goes. Oi, come on the roof. Come have a look at the roof. <laughs> like, oh, we, can't. we were there for COVID last year, but next time we go, we've got to yeah. get on the roof. Yeah. yeah, so you can watch the game up there for a little bit and they've just put this new thing in where they literally, they like strap you to a harness and you can like lean out over the edge. <laughs> it's like, 
they don't like us saying it, but it looks like the top of a beer can, yeah, and right. you can just <laughs> you can lean out <laughs> over the edge, and um, they kind of uh, hoist you up there. But it's yeah, it's pretty cool. There's the those the the guys from Perth who do those. Ma- How ridiculous! Do you know those guys? Yep. The massive YouTubers. They're always yep. throwing shit off the roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There and Perth Arena as well. They do a lot yeah. of stuff in there. And they've got some site like just out of town with that big tower thing that they go and destroy everything. With. You've got good venues. Mm. Every, like, we performed in the Heath Ledger <laughs> one year, which was like relatively a small venue. Like it's only like three yep. or 400, but it's built yep. like it's the Hamer Hall. In, like it's mm. the most plush, beautiful thing. And Heath Ledger never stepped on a stage, Adam. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, go on, sorry. I'm sensing it. Touch of jealousy there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I'm on stage all the time and there's no Broden Kelly Theatre in Perth yet. Maybe in Northbridge yes. one yes. day. Yeah, maybe. Yes. Now, I asked you before you came on to give me your top five callers uh, across the board in any sport. Yep. And you've done that up for me. Can you take us through your top five from five? Yes, I can. And I'll probably, I couldn't narrow it down to five. Well, that's fine. Uh, Do as I'll, many as you I want. Don't, I don't care. Okay, good. <laughs> we will, I'll just put on the a little caveat on it that these are generally broadcasters that aren't broadcasting too much anymore or are sort of the like I don't love talking about people that are sort of in it sure. right now um, but if you were going to ask me I'd say that Hutto's by far and away the best for me in terms of you know just nailing those big moments yep. and yep. doing everything in, in footy commentary uh, but I'll go for number five uh, so a couple of cricket commentators, and this is where, you know, I was talking about sort of the love of listening to the radio when I was growing up and that sort of thing. I used to do that with the Ashes. So mm-hmm. whenever it was an Ashes in England and I was supposed to be going to bed, I'd literally just sneak with a radio and have my earpiece in when I was supposed to be going to sleep as a kid and just yeah. listening to the Ashes over in England. And I just loved it, the atmosphere and the way it was described and all that sort of thing. It's very calming, um, so actually. Like, it's nice. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so someone like a Jim Maxwell, okay. uh, who's been the you know the voice of cricket on the ABC for such a long time, um, is just phenomenal in the way in his knowledge, his experience, and obviously the way he can just sort of build that drama and, and tension in a call. I love um, that. So I think when I'm when I'm listening to cricket, it's probably him and um, Jonathan Agnews, the other one, who's the British broadcaster. Um, oh yeah, I know his, and voice, his voice for sure. His voice is very soothing, uh, <laughs> but he's yeah. got that sort of cheeky English way of. Uh, Sort of talking down about themselves whilst trying to pump up the fact that they're they're going all right at the same time, but never yeah. quite getting too carried away. Yeah. Um, so in terms of cricket, those two are fantastic. If I'm looking at footy uh, at number four, three way tie for me in terms of the guys that I sort of grew up listening to. So Sandy Roberts. Oh, beautiful. Oh yeah, I forgot I, about Sandy I, Roberts. He was calling to recently. Yeah. Voice. Yeah, iconic voice. And actually, my first. Game with Fox, I called alongside Sandy Roberts. Oh, how which cool. was just an absolute spin out for me. I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Sitting next to him and, and calling. So it was, um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, Drew Morfitt is another one yeah, who sadly passed Adelaide away Superstar. a few years ago. Yeah. So I was working with him at, at 6PR just uh, unfortunately in the, the little bit before he passed away. But uh, again, just a, another iconic voice. Like as soon as you turned on the telly or the radio, you knew it was Drew and he had a really good sense of humour. Yeah. The voice um, of Sandful as well. And he had yeah, that really nice richness and timbre. Mm, very he definitive. Did. Yeah. Uh, and Tim Lane is the other one for me when you look oh, at great. those footy callers uh, who's still working for 3AW now. But his description and. Um, Use of language and ability to just sum up the moment 
uh, plus his knowledge is just unbelievable. Remember there being, he was almost the main caller for Nine until the day before when Channel Nine got the rights or some big drama Correct. back then. And something yep. happened and he dropped out at the last moment. And then he was the, he, yeah. for my growing up, he was the voice of uh, Channel 10. Yes, he was. Yep. So when 10 got the rights, he went there. Yeah, he was going to call the Channel 9. I think there was a, a to do with uh, Friday night matches and Eddie, uh, Eddie McGuire calling Collingwood games. That's I right. think that was the, the gist of it. Wow, that was the dramas of the mid-2000s. Take me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three, you can't go past Richie Benno, I don't yep, think. got to put him Just there. in terms of yes. doyen. Uh, and we're not just talking footy here, obviously. We're talking cricket and all sports. Also, but... he'd be good for footy, but, you know, like he never got his <laughs> chance. But uh, No, true. I reckon he would be good. My dad always said uh, he never saw a winter for like 30 years, which I, no. that's always stuck in my head. Yeah. Yep. He never which saw is... a winter. For a footy caller, it's the exact opposite. Mm. So if you ever want to go on a holiday overseas, you go in wintertime over there yeah. uh, or you're stuck in a winter here. Yeah. Um, but Richie's use of, and I spoke about it before, his ability to um, not say too much, mm. just to let the moment happen yep. uh, and be very understated in his um, way of calling was um, was second to none. And he uh, his sort of mantra was if you can't add anything to what's happening on the screen, then just shut up. Oh, yeah. really? D- don't say anything. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, number two, uh, well, it's a, it's a one-two combo, but uh, Bruce McAvaney, mm-hmm. I think his versatility and his preparation is, um, it just is next level. <laughs> uh, you know, the fact he's hosting Matilda's coverage now um, when, you know, football's probably not his yeah. number one sport, but he does racing and he does the athletics, which would be extremely difficult mm. to, you know, come in and do Olympics and nail those. In terms of the big, big moments, he's been incredible. I've heard that and his Matilda's coverage has just been, his preparation for these games has just been ridiculous yeah. and absurd. But like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great standard to set. Yeah, it's, I mean, the preparation thing, that's what I rely on a fair bit in that. Like, unless I have all the notes that I really want to have in front of me, I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. sort of walking into the broadcast booth. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's when that's when you feel a bit more nervous and you're, you're not quite ready to go. Whereas if I've done all my prep and I know that I've watched the games from the week before and got all the notes that I need just in case, yeah, you still get a little bit antsy before you walk into the box, mm. but um, not nervous per se. But then as soon as the mic turns on, you kind of, relax and you're away and yeah. into it. So sort of taking a bit of a leaf out of his book, you know, that that preparation side of things and having stats ready to go is, yeah, big one for me too. I, I feel like with him, he, you, he genuinely just loves sport or he, yeah. he, he might not love sport more than other people who call and talk about sport, but he, he he's much better at sharing it. He, you, yep. he feels he's, he loves it. He mm. really loves it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a thing that... You do see some people sort of go down this path. Once you start working in the industry, it, it is your job, right? Mm. It's not mm-hmm. like you're there just as a fan. So you're still working on it. Um, but you always have to try to keep in mind, you know, you might be in the middle of winter and West Coast are getting beaten by 171 points and you're trying to polish it up and make it sound half interesting. <laughs> um, you know, there's still people that have paid to go to that game or there's still diehard fans tuning in that just love their team. And, you know, you need to try to find ways to keep it entertaining and keep that positivity and, and find the, the little storylines within a game, even if it's a blowout, that, that sort of keep people invested in it. Yeah, no, I love that call. I think um, I miss him from footy so much because even on Friday nights or, sa- or Sunday avos when he was calling, um, 
you can feel you can just feel the love and excitement. And AFL was like his. I feel like it's his fifth sport almost. Like I don't. <laughs> he thinks it's okay, but. And yeah. and when you see footage of him, like when Winks gets over the line or something like that, just yeah. how happy this man is, <laughs> it's really nice. Well, that that was what he started as is a, a race, race caller mm. at a really young age and uh, and doing race calling. So that's where his sort of first passion was. Um, but as I said, his versatility that's that's what sets him above anybody else to be able to do athletics and to be able to do footy and um, uh, to do everything really. Yeah, uh, is. Uh, yeah, he's, he's real credit. All right. We're getting up the top now. We are. Um, can I give an honourable mention? Yeah. Mm. You've only done 48 so far. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, you know. Well, let's tick it to 50. Yeah. Nah, 40, 49, 49 will hit me. Um, <laughs> Jim Ross. Oh, yeah. Ross. <laughs> Hell yeah. I said slobber knocker last week on the podcast to Marnie and Tom. And they were like, yep. well, what is that? That sounds <laughs> disgusting. I was like, that's, that's, that's oh, JR's the best. I think that was part of me too, like growing up, having brothers and, you know, going down the um, the video shop and renting the old pay-per-views uh, and, and watching them at home and then getting stuck into each other, <laughs> uh, jumping off the top of the couch. Yeah. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler commentating together was just Super a duo. beautiful, beautiful partnership. But his energy and excitement and ability to tell the story and, and again, what I was talking about before, like adding to what's actually happening. Um, I, I could listen to him. Somebody stop the damn so match, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he, when he jumped. Look at the, yeah. Look at the human rubble. Yeah. That's one of my favourite from him. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm trying to get that into a game of footy somewhere. Yeah, but look at the human rubble. Oh, please, Patch, please do that. He, um, he, uh, I think he has a really good sense of humour. I don't know. Yep. That I think he's, he's so funny. He makes, yep. he, his moments... Uh, where he says something so seriously is as funny as I think it gets. Yeah. Like the Dudley boys, um, <laughs> the Dudley boys <laughs> power bombing leader off into it through a table and, yeah. and just and them the the heinous. It's so funny. <laughs> um, uh, that's a that's a wonderful so honorable mention. He, he, yeah, uh, it, it was just so good and just the the energy that he'd bring in. Um, I think you know those those. Wrestlers and, and you know through that era, era they they wouldn't be anywhere near as big no. as what they are without <laughs> without the addition of his commentary because he you know <laughs> it reminded me there's this compilation on YouTube of um of of, of, ever, of him talking about Triple H over ten years and Triple H in WWE was the main heel main bad guy for yeah, ten right. years yeah. and just so many here he comes that son of a bitch that <laughs> son of a bitch just just back to back oh geez, I wish we could say that in the footy you know yeah. because, you know one of the villains out there <laughs> there is there is a world just a little bit fruitier. There is a world as we start to move towards this. You get the Fox coverage and you get the Seven coverage at the same time for a yep. for a bit of an adult version of of calling that would just be the best. I think mm. you know, go and see <laughs> your go and see your kid friendly, you know, Hamish and whatever on set. But then a bit more of a personality would be lovely as an option. Um, well, yeah. it has it has come through a few times accidentally, of course. On air, <laughs> some of that fruity. Yeah, language. Brian Taylor with his famous <laughs> twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. very good. How or close accident. have you Actually, come? Uh, I haven't yet, but I have literally. This is no joke, and I'm all all credit to him uh, for an amazing career. Uh, but I'm so thankful that Ben Cunnington has retired. It's not funny <laughs> oh, because I have woken, literally woken up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, having a dream that I've accidentally said the wrong name. Yeah, 
uh, during a broadcast, and it was his name, uh, and it's so easy to slip up on. So, uh, yeah, well done to him, but see you later, Ben. <laughs> yeah, your your cousins at um, 3AW just all week kept showing this um, Tony Shaw, ex-Collingwood <laughs> yeah. superstar Tony Shaw, trying to say Ben Cunnington <laughs> and just keep saying yes. the C-bomb. He says it like nine <laughs> times trying to get it out. And they try it's to move on. It's one of the on. best pieces of audio. <laughs> and then they try to move on. They're all going, oh, 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 and they're laughing and stuff. And then Caroline Wilson just goes, oh, grow up and starts getting like, grow up, you two. It's the, fu- it's the best. Um, yeah, it's like he... Uh, because t- that bit of audio with Tony Shaw is so good because he keeps trying to correct himself <laughs> and it just keeps getting it worse keeps and it. worse and worse. So, yeah, uh, if you ever listen to me calling the footy, um, I will always say Ben Cunnington. Like yeah. I would normally say their first yeah. name as well. Yeah. But just by me focusing on saying their first name as well, it tends to hopefully get me out of it as I <laughs> jinx myself completely. Ben Cunnington. Uh, or Jaden Hunt, I will yeah, say yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Perth. Who now plays for West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's going all right for a former demon over here. He's had a pretty good year. Oh, he's uh, he must be so rapt to be there, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he just must be having the just best. As Mel- just as Melbourne surged towards another yeah. flag, potentially. He he um he must he must be almost BNF, to be honest. Uh yeah, be close. He'd be close. He'd be out there. Definitely top five, I reckon. I mean, that's Oscar almost Allen a grand final win. Is being the BNF in a club that has seventy million dollars in assets <laughs> or whatever. Like that's that's a powerful position to be in. <laughs> Yeah, and they're just giving out Hungry Jack's restaurants left, right, and centre as well. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Adam good. Simpson's for Hungry Jack's. <laughs> but I feel like Hungry Jack's to Perth is um, uh, coffee to Melbourne. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. You guys love them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Been... Go on, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say they've been sponsors for of West Coast for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's only yeah, – there's um, – the only a couple of franchises that aren't owned by the company that the family that own Hungry Jacks over here. So yeah, yeah. that's the whole where Hungry Jacks came from. I think instead of it being Burger King, I think. Oh right, yeah. From Perth. That's their whole. It's the. It's the. It's in the. It's um, the Claremont Killer, Hungry Jacks, <laughs> and um, Robert Drew. Who's no Peter Carey and and Cloud Street. That's Perth. That, and Sam Kurt. Tim Winton. Yeah, Tim Winton. Yeah. Cloud Street. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, number one. Number one. It, I mean, you can't go past, particularly from a footy point oh, of view. Who's it going to be? The Perth from caller, a, who's he going to pick? From a West Australian point of view, <laughs> uh, someone that never pronounced Derby incorrectly, uh, <laughs> Dennis Kometi. <laughs> um, uh, two things I want to say about this gentleman before you go. I want to hear your – I'm sure you know him, so I, I, I'd love to hear all of this. Two things. We went to Perth once and went to the first cafe. Mm. The first cafe. <laughs> Walk in. And Dennis Committee's having breakfast with Basil Zemplis <laughs> like at the next table. I was like, what is this place? Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. first one. And then the other thing. Well, we, we, we set that up. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Good. You know how they do the tourist buses and things yeah, yeah. when you arrive? Yeah. That, that goes past Dennis and Bruce <laughs> having breakfast every morning. Great. I love that. And the other thing is his son now calls for, I believe, Triple M or, or did at least. And was yes, one of the he great- does the stats yeah. for Triple M. I was the great- Thrill for me was being able to listen to because I listened to every call of the twenty twenty one grand final. Yes, and uh, I was like, oh, Dennis, I was like having Dennis committee because they sound the same. Oh yep. right. Um, so I was like, they oh, do. it was like hearing committee call it. Mm. Um, going going back to our wrestling um, talk before, did you know that his son Dennis's son is or was a professional wrestler? I did. Yes, I did know that they were very very entrenched in wrestling. Yeah. I, mm. What was his wrestling name again? Uh, the Beast, I think it was. <laughs> was he a big? Was he tall? 
Uh, yeah, he's pretty tall, but he's like solid. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Huge, huge, really. I was actually in the lift with him the other day, leaving the footy, and uh, I, I'm a little vertically challenged, so I was completely dwarfed by. <laughs> I think your beast. average size for a commentator, probably. <laughs> you and Hutto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, why? Why is committee your number one? Oh, I think just the the way he could um, pick the right line in the right moment, his use of language, his cleverness, um, but then the ability to just call the play when he needed to as well, and not um, not get too carried away with it was brilliant. Like he would, you know, come up with lines either on the spot or ones that he would have ready to go, but he'd hang on to them for years almost until the right situation presented itself and then he'd use it there which is you know some some callers i'm just talking generally here like worldwide you do all the prep and you just because you've done the prep you want to show that you've done the prep so you try to get out as much as you possibly can yeah whereas waiting for the right opportunity to actually put that stat in or that line or whatever is actually quite a difficult thing to do to hang on to and just sort yeah. of wait for that moment. Yeah. So, That's a very um, a real confidence and self-assurance, I imagine. And memory. Yeah. And memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, and especially for me, like massive inspiration given he's from WA, never really thought that, you know, people from over this side of the country could, you know, get into that sort of position. Apart and, from Eskimo Joe. And, and do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but footy-wise in particular, <laughs> um, you know, could could go and do that and sort of, uh, you know, he he would travel every week from WA to Victoria, and I was just thinking um, about that. Can you, you imagine know. him and Bruce every week? Did they have houses in Melbourne, or did they just yeah. stay in hotels every? Well, no, I think I think hotels. Yeah, I think That's hotels. Crazy. But I think like the same the same hotel every week. You know, mm. flying in, doing the game. Obviously, Bruce would be coming from Adelaide, so a little bit of a, a shorter flight. Mm. But um, for for Dennis to do that for so long is you know that does take a toll after it's after a while. But yeah. um, you know, just the the fact that he could do that, you know, coming out of Perth was you know big inspiration for me and and for you know someone like Basil as well, who was able to do the same thing. It was yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's a perfect place to bring it back to. You you are a, you. When we talk, we did a top callers. We all picked our callers at study, and from our fan base, everyone was like, "Paps." We love Adam. You are you are genuinely loved by everyone in your calling. You do such a great job, and you reached out to us, which means you're the best caller. And the Hutto's never said shit to us. Um, so thank you so well, much. Uh, we love your work. No, thank you, mate. I uh, I usually like to try to keep a bit of a low profile, but I was listening to uh, I was listening to your pod. Uh, you talk about listening to the ashes before. You guys put me to sleep a lot. So yeah, great, good, yeah, um, great. Yeah. I just chuck it, chuck it on in the evenings, and uh, that that says you're more you deranged than anything, rambling. really. If us <laughs> screaming and talking shit is what, yeah, just you know, there's the rambling footy chat, which is always great, and uh-huh. you know, nice and low key, as opposed to some of the other chats. And I do shows myself where it's a bit more, you know, news based, and we're mm-hmm. trying to hit the issues. That you know, I I love just sitting around with my mates and yeah, this and is mostly milk. And, <laughs> and talking shit, mostly <laughs> <Nice and> milk. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, no, nah, oh, mate. I just I, I love what I get to do. It's you know absolute privilege to be able to to work on games and and get behind the mic. Um, I get paid to go to the footy, which again I rub into my mates' faces all the you time. Get free but party pies, uh, <laughs> good fun. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, if you can't tell, lots of free party pies at uh, at halftime. Um, and yeah, just you know get to 
go to grand finals and go to big games and do all that living sort of thing. Living the dream. So it's, uh, living the dream. Very, you are living actually legitimately the dream of every um, skinny little dork in Australia. <laughs> like, yeah. the, and so, uh, in, uh, you know, yeah. enjoy it. And, we're, and, and we all love you. I very quickly realised I was not going to be playing football at the highest level. Uh, so I thought next best thing would be yep. to, uh, to be working on the game. So, yeah, no, really lucky. Thanks, Adam. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks.